0: In last week's episode, I told you about Angela Green, a 51-year-old woman who went missing from Prairie Village, Kansas in June of 2019. And you met her daughter Ellie, who after receiving some conflicting and outright confusing stories from her dad about what happened to her mom, started recording her phone calls with him. If you haven't listened to part one, I highly recommend going back and listening to that first or else this episode is not going to make much sense. Let's get right into the calls. There are five calls in total that span about an hour and a half. I'm not going to play you every second of every call, but you are going to hear a lot of them. I think it's important to use as much real audio as possible in confusing cases like this because so much can be lost in translation. It also, in my opinion, shows a breakdown of Ellie's relationship with her father as she continues to ask him questions and ask for his help in looking for her mom. I don't point this out as a way to cast any blame on Jeff. I point this out as a way to remind you guys that these are real people, and Angela's disappearance has essentially destroyed this family that once appeared to be so happy. But I will get off of my true crime stories or real people soapbox now and get back to the story. This episode of Voices for Justice is brought to you by June's Journey. I'm pretty sure everyone here loves a good mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey you get to step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. You engage your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. So what does that mean? Well, June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game. Essentially, you find hidden clues and uncover this mystery. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. The first recorded call happens on February 18th, 2020, just five days after Ellie reported her mother missing. The recording starts mid-call, so we kind of have to just jump in. But in this call, you can hear Jeff himself explain the bizarre set of events that he explained to Ellie when he was on speakerphone with the police
1: acts so strange. Um that uh I was going to force her to go see a doctor. So I guess she took that um and um decided that it was time to do something so she um I'm assuming all this, I really don't know if this is correct or not anyway, what happened was i got a I got a call at work that she was um, going to the hospital to get checked out and and then uh I got a call that um she was being evaluated, and I couldn't see her until i guess it was the following weekend um, so I made plans to kind of go down um, right. set set aside time. I didn't make any plans to do anything other than, okay, when I find out that I can come see her, I'll see her.
2: And and where was that?
1: Well, that's, that I need to see if I can find out something because I didn't get any, this is all done by phone at work when it's busy and it's crazy and um, it was like, we'll call you back and let you know when you come and so, okay. So I figured I'd get information on where to go at that time. Um, and then I got a call that she had passed away and then I got a call that, um, funeral things and, and what do I want to do? And I'm like, oh my God, and it's crazy time and, and, um, I can't hardly think straight and it's like, okay, let's do cremation because I don't know what kind of arrangements we're going to be able to make or how soon. And, and so then, uh. I got a call that someone was going to come by the house and and pick up money for the cremation, and um, so they did that. And then they dropped, I uh, got an urn, and they dropped the urn back by, and um, it was all done by phone. And, and now that I think about it, it was like
2: when was that? Of,
1: that was back in July.
0: In the next part of this call, Jeff begins to tell Ellie that he thinks he might have seen Angela around their home, starting way back in September of 2019, and he explains some weird things that have happened around the house. And then Ellie starts asking a lot of questions, including outright asking her dad if he hurt her mom.
1: Around September, I saw us coming home and I saw somebody... Um... Walking from the house out to the street, got in the car and left, and I was a couple blocks away. Um, and I didn't think much of it, and I thought, well, that's one of those, um, people dropping off a flyer or something like that. Um, got in the house, uh, um, didn't see or notice anything, although the, the person did. Now that I think about it, looking back on it, it's like, what? Well, because kind of like, about the right size for Angela. Um, and uh I have noticed a few weird things, like when I clean up on Saturday, um I sweep the house around through, and it's like, well, I don't remember dragging in all that dirt from outside when I took the trench out during the week, and occasionally I'll notice that I think something's not quite where it was before, or drawers drawer is a little bit open, and it's like, I don't remember doing that. That's weird. Um, but I, again, my memory's not as sharp as it used to be. Um, and I didn't think anything about, really about Angela still being, the possibility of her still being alive, until you told me that, um, there's no death certificate. And it's like, oh my gosh, well, maybe she is alive. Um, but without any support, supporting evidence, without anybody seeing her or anything, who knows? So at the moment, I have no idea which way to go or what the truth is or what's going on until we find some more information. So um, it's been real weird. Uh, so, and the police, and then I don't know who did the... who requested the wellness check with the police department, but the police came by, and that was real weird. Um, And so, to uh, help me figure out, because that kind of threw a whole loop on things again. It's like, oh, my God, maybe she's alive, and I have to go through all the grieving process again in the future if something happens, even if it's 20 years from now. Um, So... I don't know. I'm still well mixed up. And it was real turmoil the last few days. And um, I talked to an attorney about, you know, what's going on. And um,
2: So, who came by for the cremation?
1: Oh, I don't know. Um, uh, male, about 45. A um, man. Uh, uh, Caucasian dark hair, that's all I can remember from my and back when. That
2: like was, how much money was
1: it? Oh, it wasn't much. It was $1,500. Which is about right for cremation. So.
2: And where are the ashes at now?
1: Well, that's the other thing. I got the, I got the urn back and there's no, I didn't check it until just this past weekend and I, I thought, should I open the urn? You know, so I finally did. I opened it up and it's empty. So There were no ashes in it. So... I, I, it felt he, screwy. It where
2: felt is weird. that? Where is the
1: air? at home, at, at, in Prairie Village. I put it up on the shelf when I got it and didn't think anything about it.
2: Um, can you so see you it?
1: remember that during that time I was can very I, upset and beside myself and sad and emotions were going all kinds of weird ways and the loss and grief and everything and it's... Can
2: it's
1: like I didn't wait, wait. Check anything. Can I see the urn? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So that's all I know at this point. And the past few days have been very stressful. So anyhow, it's uh hopefully it'll calm down a
2: little bit and what, we'll get like, some
1: answers at some
2: point. What about the story you told me about like taking her from a parking lot and Well, that like
1: was, forestry. I didn't, I didn't want you to think that she had run off with some stranger to do something and um, I just thought it would be uh, Well,
2: Dad, you know I want the truth. Yeah,
1: and it, Yeah, and the truth is that she kind of disappeared. I didn't want you to think that she'd, you know, run off and gone somewhere, so. Did you
2: you hurt Mom?
1: No. No, I wanted to get her help with the doctor to find out what the the issues could be that she had that could get um, taken care of through talking to a psychiatrist or um, I was thinking it was more of a medical thing so. What
2: what doctor did you contact?
1: I didn't contact a doctor. I needed to take it to any doctor. Um I told her we could go to our doctor. I told her we could go to how many um, doctors she wanted to. So, What's
2: your doctor? Like what was her doctor?
1: Her doc. she's only been to one doctor in her entire life while she's been here and that was the doctor that she went to see who, um, was there for her, for your birth way back then, 20 years ago. Okay. That's it. She absolutely refused to go see a doctor for anything. Well...
2: I hope you're telling the truth and I just want to know the truth like as bad as it is like it stresses everybody out so just tell me me as soon as possible like seriously it's so not fair you know I'm her daughter she loves me like you would want me to know the truth. So I don't want any fabrication of the stories anymore. Do you understand?
1: Yes, I understand.
2: Even if you're trying to protect me, just tell me the truth. Yes, I will. And yeah, I love you, dad.
1: I love you
2: too. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. All right. Um, Okay. All right. Love you. Bye-bye.
0: All Bye. The next day, Ellie is understandably still confused and asks her father to tell her exactly what happened after she fought with her mom, and they run through some possibilities of what might have happened to Angela. And again, Ellie asks a lot of questions. Just like you're
3: cooking you remind me of cooking
4: <laughs> too. I I know what you mean. Um I just like I can't follow your story. Like there's well, parts there's parts missing and like stuff doesn't make sense.
3: Right. It's still that way for me a bit too. So I think the only way we'll find out what it actually the story is is more about what it is is uh, if we can uh, contact Angela and talk to her. So let's, let's see what happens.
4: So can you start from the beginning? Like after she told me to leave, like, you know, June 19th. Like how did she act after she threw the flowers at me and I backed out of the driveway and left? Like how was she?
3: Just same as she'd been before that, um, from what I saw, she was building her, her nest to, to stay in and not contacting anybody, not wanting to talk to anybody or go anywhere, do
4: anything. Um, um, how long did that last?
3: Well, it was that way, slowly getting that way for over a year. And I would tell her that she needs to go see the doctor. She needs to go get this check, get that check. I told her that we could do it here. We could do it with my doctor. There are women at that doctor's place. She could meet some of the women, and we could go to uh, the hospital. We could go to the um, emergency, not emergency. There's little health clinics around. Um, Martha could take her to the doctor. I mean, I tried to get her to do everything. Um, then I told you about the plan that I had to trick her, and I thought, well, maybe there's some other things. So I checked with uh, mental health, and they told me that there's a code you can use if you call the police, and they'll come and help and take the person in for evaluation. I thought, well, that would be a much better way to do it. So um, I explained so that, Ellie, I mean, so that Angela could say face, I told her that um, – she needs to get checked out. She can either get checked out voluntarily and go, or she can be forced to go get checked out. But she can't continue on because there could be estrogen levels that are off that can be fixed very easily with a pill. Um, there's uh, other chemical imbalances. She was eating goji berries by the handful every day, which I know is not good. Um, <laughs> Talking to a mental health person to kind of get her back out of whatever,
4: um... Which, which mental health places did you look at? Oh,
3: well, I, I didn't look at a particular mental health place. I didn't care which doctor, which hospital, which mental health place. None of that mattered as long as she went to see somebody. So the only thing I wanted to do was get her to go see somebody.
4: Gotcha. Yeah. So... Then when was the last time you saw mom? Oh uh, gosh, I don't know. Um I
3: didn't write it down, I'd have to go.
4: Like, like how many it. how many days after I was kicked out did she leave? Or like it was hours or a day? Oh
3: um, <laughs> remember everything about um, you getting kicked out other than, um, she kicked you out, and, and, um, I went in and told her that this is it, just gone too far, you need to stop, this is what has to happen, um, but as far as what day it was, I don't know. I'll have to see if there's, I can jog my memory as far as what day it was.
4: Like, the day that I was kicked out was June 19th, so did she run away? That night, or did she run away, like, the next day?
3: Uh, it was later. It was later than that because, um... I don't know. It
4: was later
3: than that. Was in July? I'm trying to remember whether it was before July 4th or after July 4th. Because that's a date that's important to... Yeah. Uh, so um, I, I don't know
4: what I have to think about. All oh, I know this is it's somewhere around here. Because on, on June 23rd, that was a Friday, like after she had kicked me out, you told me the front door was open, you're welcome to come back in anytime. So I thought that she had been taken away and that it was safe to come back, and I, I didn't think she was... Coming back into the house, like you said yesterday, I didn't think that she was still doing that. Like, if I had known, I wouldn't be coming back because I know, like, I don't want to be in that situation. So that doesn't line up to me. Like, did you think that she ran away and she would never come back?
3: Well, I I don't know whether she was going to come back or not come
4: back. Um, I don't know. Did she like? Did she take any with anything with her? Like you know, her purse, the black one that she has. Mm,
3: no, I don't know what she took with me.
4: Like, is that still at home? Because you know we went through her things.
3: Right. I haven't thrown any of her stuff out other than these terrible torn things that we found. Um rest of the stuff is all there.
4: So she just slammed the door and left and... Was there a, like a... Did she go in a car? Did she just yeah, like...
3: She, she left while I was at work. So I don't know what she left with.
4: So she left... And you don't remember which day she left while you were at work.
3: No, that's the that's the busiest time of the year for me at work.
4: Yeah, I, I know I know that. So the other thing is like, I she, I know you care about her, and like knowing you as a person, why did you not know go? Why did you not go after her and file a police report? Because
3: she's gone before for a few days, and she came back. I wasn't concerned. I don't have all the answers. I don't know because until we talk to her, we're not going to have all the answers, just the way it's going to be.
4: So after she ran away while you were at work, did she ever come back?
3: I did not see her
4: back. Does she have a key to the house? Does she have a key? Because she doesn't know the garage door password. Yeah, I know she doesn't know the garage door password.
3: Yes, she has a key. He's used the key to keep me
4: out. into the trash and couldn't keep back <laughs> I guess like I'm so surprised that you didn't file a police report for like a missing person or anything or like try to find her. like you just let her go. Because I thought, well, she, like I thought, she, you cared about her more than that.
3: Well, I do. but She's an adult. She can take care of herself. She can decide to stay away or come back. I would, didn't even have a clue to go look.
4: Did she take her driver's license or a passport? Uh,
3: driver's license. I don't. I don't know if I've seen her passport. I know her Chinese passports there at home. So <laughs> she, didn't have, she didn't have an American passport. I wanted her to get an American passport a year ago so that if we needed to travel somewhere, we could travel. So I wanted her to get that. She did get a new driver's license. That took a little doing to get her down to get that done.
4: I know that. Where is that one? Still at home?
3: This is with her.
4: I thought I saw it on the table.
3: probably
4: So, then I know you said like she would re-enter the house. How many, how many times did she do that? Like, does she, does she still go back into the house now?
3: I'm not sure. I noticed there, um, some things that I think are unusual. Like I didn't put that there or the other day I noticed there was a drawer that was suddenly open I thought it shouldn't be open because I polished all the furniture and closed all the drawers. So I don't know. She knows I'm gone during the day.
4: How long ago was, was like that drawer open?
3: beats me because I just noticed it a week or so ago. Hmm. I didn't tie it to anything until I, I heard there was no death certificate and I thought, oh, that's another unusual thing. So.
4: Well, uh, okay. The other thing is that, you know, when somebody has to be cremated like, my friend's grandma had to be cremated, and you have to have a death certificate to do that. Like, you have to have a death certificate to be able to, to cremate somebody. And so, when that person showed up, and told you that she was going to be cremated like knowing who you are and how inquisitive you are why didn't you like question who they were where they were from how did you pay for the cremation like all cash credit card
3: it was paid it was paid in cash um, it was most everything was done over the phone um it was not a good time because we were mourning for death.
4: When did you start grieving for her?
3: The day that I found out that she wasn't alive or I assumed that she wasn't alive.
4: And what day do you think that is?
3: I don't know. That's a good question. July something, middle
4: of July. You told me the sixteenth.
3: I told you as soon as I found
4: out, same day. <clears throat> and so somebody called you and said that she had died. Right. And you don't know who that was. No. is quite a shock. I, I, I can understand that, but I'm, I'm surprised that you wouldn't have, like, asked who they were or, like, what hospital she died at, you know? Because everything is on record. Every death it, certificate is on record.
3: Right. Yep.
4: So, um, also where's the urn? It's at home. Is it on top of that, like, dining china cabinet thing? Yes. All right. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Yep. And you didn't question the person when they, like, went up and went to the front door and asked you?
3: Mm, No, because it all seemed logical over the phone. Considering what little I knew about um, all the stuff that was needed and and the uh, mental condition that I was in, um, it seemed (coughs) correct. I wasn't questioning. Is there
4: anything else you want to talk about? Um, She didn't take her phone with her, right? Right. As far as I guess,
3: I've got the phone here.
4: It's I, phone I know this. you do. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I'm surprised you like just readily got her agreed to get her cremated without any... Paperwork or proof or anything?
3: Oh, it's, it seems unusual months later looking back on it, but at the time it did not seem odd since I'd never done it before.
4: You think it was some, like, secret cult?
3: Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was a way to, to get back at me. A bit of a mean streak there.
4: Is, it, is there a Chinese church around?
3: There's lots of them, why?
4: Because I don't know if she would have gone there to, like, seek refuge or help or anything.
3: Oh, I, I doubt that. Oh, shit. No, there's a whole face-saving thing and some other stuff. And, um... <laughs> I doubt that she's gone to a Chinese church
4: for any longer. Hmm. I don't know what friends she had, like, I don't either, before, she... before the summer oh, I went but... off. I don't know. Hey, a couple
3: days there, a few days, another time. So she was off with somebody helping her do some that person could have helped her this time too and maybe still help her.
4: Can you look through her like phone records to see if she called anybody back then? Uh, That's good.
1: I'd like to see what's
3: on the phone. <laughs> All right, well, I'm still in Lawrence, so I'm getting ready to leave, so I'll talk to you tomorrow, and I'll uh, get that rent money to your account tonight.
4: All right, um, one more thing. Like, do you want to, together, like, try to find out where she is?
3: It, it'd be nice to use Dr. again to find out what's going on
4: you want to do you want to talk to me like together to find out where she is
3: I'm like how are we going to do that
4: i don't like go find the mental institutions like find the I death might... certificates file a missing persons report like all of that
3: well i think the police are involved right now so that's kind of taken care of. Um, That certificate you've already looked for, there isn't one. Um, I wouldn't have a clue which facility to go check and ask about, and I'm thinking at this particular time that there never was one involved, so we won't find anything that way. Hmm. This is all kind of new, so um, it'll take a while to... To sink in and come up with some ideas, but yeah, we can pursue some reasonable ones. I'm not going to drive to every medical facility.
4: No, I'm not saying that. I think, like, since we're immediate family members, you might be able to, like, ask about it. Like with the death certificate, they'll give it to us immediately because we're family.
3: Yeah, but I think they also have to find on the state,
4: don't they? No, like they'll give it to you immediately. Like they'll do the search and they'll find it for you. Because that's what I did when I went to Topeka.
3: so we know where to go look because maybe we only have to check with Tadika.
4: Okay. I mean, I, I want to know where she is. Do you have a, a gut feeling whether she's alive or dead?
3: At this point, no, it's 50-50. I don't know what's going on yet.
4: All right. You got a lawyer, right?
3: Uh, yes.
4: Like to protect yourself?
3: Right. I do not have a lawyer for anything else.
4: Okay.
3: I got the lawyer because I don't know what to say to the police. I don't know what the police are thinking. And whether they think that I'm somebody that can help and they want to talk to me to get some helpful ideas or whether they're don't want to talk to me because I'm the prime suspect and they know that something terrible has happened and none of the rest of us do I don't know so that's why I have an attorney uh,
4: that's fair yeah how are you? I want to find her, though.
3: Yeah, I know you do. It'd be nice to find her, putting into all this. All right, well, I'll talk to you later.
0: All right. All right. Love you. Love you, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. The next call Ellie records with her father is a few days later, on February 22nd, 2020. They discuss Ellie keeping up with school while she's trying to get answers about her mom, her living situation, and finances. It seems like a pretty typical father-daughter conversation, in my opinion. But then Jeff asks Ellie if she's been speaking to the police a lot, and Ellie takes this chance to discuss the case and ask some new and, again, in my opinion, pretty fair questions that I was wondering about too. At this point, she also confides in her father that she doesn't think that her mother is still alive. I also think this call really helps us understand Angela's mental state around the time of her disappearance.
3: So have you been talking to police a lot?
4: Not a lot, no. They've only questioned me a few times.
3: Yeah. Um, they, uh, in a uh, situation like this, they look at the closest person as primary suspect. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't change until they find someone or something else. So I'm the closest person, so I'm the primary suspect. And who knows when that will change. And then the other thing they do is they work very hard to make it um, so that the friends of the primary suspect people
4: that would assist or help or make them feel better turn against them. So, um, Well, I haven't turned against you at all. I'm just, I mean, I still haven't gotten over the fact that you've lied to me and said that mom was taken away when she was actually disappeared or dead or whatever, so.
3: Okay, well, keep that in mind Whatever they're saying is to manipulate you to make my life more more miserable because they they eventually got me so isolated that I began to think of the police as friends. So they're, they're doing a...
4: They have just asked me straight logical questions. They haven't asked me... Like, I haven't tied any emotion to it.
3: Yeah, well, just even the questions they ask tend to um, move your thought process one place or another, so.
4: I've always been skeptical. You've always told me to be skeptical, so.
3: Yeah, told you to be skeptical. That's correct. Okay. So, if I hear anything about mom, I'll let you know.
4: How would you hear anything about her?
3: Well, who knows? Maybe I'll hear it from the police. Maybe I'll hear it from her. Maybe I'll hear it from somewhere else. I don't know.
4: How would you hear it from her?
3: Well, if- if she's still alive, and maybe she'll call or something. I don't know.
4: I mean, I don't so, think she's still alive, Dad.
3: As this gets further along, um, and if it clears up to where I'm not the primary suspect in her death, because that's what they look at first too. When a person goes missing, the first thing they think of, the police think of, is they that somebody's killed her. They don't put first on the list is she's run away, she's abducted, whatever. It was way down the list, so they've got a they've got a uh, grid formula that they look at and they work their way through that. So um, they're thinking. Everybody's bad, everybody's terrible. Um the worst thing possible has happened, and that's what they start their search on, so and we'll see where it ends up.
4: But your your belief is that she ran away at this point?
3: At this point, and um I've not heard anything good or bad on that. Um, and the reason I think that may be the case is, uh, uh lots of things are turning up as, um, no information from places that should provide information. So.
4: What we'll kinds see. of, like, what kinds of places?
3: Well, like, does she, she went to a medical facility. She'd have to use Blue Cross Blue Shield. And so I'd get a notification on that.
2: Yeah.
3: And maybe that'll happen in the future. Maybe she'll get sick and go to the doctor and use the Blue Cross Blue Shield. And so I'll get a notification. So who knows? Anyhow, be skeptical of everything, including me.
4: Well, that's why the the whole thing you told me about on, like, Tuesday, that whole thing I was skeptical about, so, because that didn't make any sense. So I mean, like if she's alive, how do you think she's affording to live?
3: Well, the only way I can think of that she could is that she my first thought is she has a friend. Um other than that I wouldn't wouldn't think it work out, but I don't know, maybe she's maybe she's got a job somewhere. I don't know. This is not the I don't think this is the first time that this has happened to her. So
4: When was the first time?
3: But that's a story for discussion to have sometime in the future.
4: Also, they haven't found any job records of her, so. Yeah,
3: I know.
4: And she didn't, um, she didn't, did she active on any of your bank accounts? Uh,
3: Nothing that I've seen so far, no. so maybe she's got a friend that's supporting her for the moment
4: I don't know I still don't believe that about her really
3: I'd say for me it's probably 50-50 so we'll see what happened?
4: Did she fake her death?
3: I think not so much her fake her death as much as told as a scam on me to, to make me feel bad, get back at me, whatever. Because <clears throat> she was unhappy with me, that's why. Why was she unhappy with me? I haven't got a clue. Similar to the times when she take my work telephone and throw it out in the backyard. And Monday i go looking for my phone for work and couldn't find it. And then I find it in the backyard.
4: <coughs> was Mom, was Mom unhappy with me? Because of her mental like issues or was she? Like... I think
3: she unhappy with life because of her mental issues and um, it was kind of compounding and she didn't think as often was the case, she didn't think that it was her that had the problem, but everybody else.
4: Yeah. I mean, I remember that, yeah. Also, she, like, she knew she had the problem on the inside, and she's told me that before. She did? Yeah, she did. Yeah, she told me, like, I'm getting sick, like, there's something wrong with me. Like, she told me that last year. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. She knew herself that there was something off with her.
3: are you
4: doing i'm okay i just i just want to figure out what actually happens that's all yeah
3: well it may take a while before we do
4: that i know that's why i keep asking you questions if it jogs your memory of anything Or you might know everything that happened, and you just don't want to tell me. I don't know, so.
3: No, I don't know everything. If I knew everything, I'd tell everybody. Don't
4: know. When did Mom start going out with this, like, secret friend? Because she never left when I was a senior in high school, you know.
3: Oh, no. Things things were difficult when you were a senior in high school, but you were still home, and she was still kind of in control. Um, Knowing that you were going to go off to college was getting difficult, and then when you went off for study abroad, that was, I think, a really big thing. Um, I think those were the two the two big things that you were gonna go off and and she knew I was gonna retire, but I don't know how much that was going to affect her in the future. Um I don't know if that was something that she was thinking about or or not. She never really said much or made much indication One way or another, that was good or bad. I don't know. I don't know if that really worried her or not.
4: Did you say anything to her at the end that blew her off also? No.
3: Other than if she didn't get some medical checkup herself, I was going to uh, have somebody do a medical check. And that may have motivated her, changed her, or triggered her, or something. Did she
4: ever. Did she ever hint that she'd want to leave, or escape, or run away?
3: No, the only thing I could see is that she wanted to have you go away and. She wanted to have me go away but she was going to stay, so I offered that uh she go see her sister for a little while or she go see her mom for a little while. So I threw those at her at her, but she wasn't interested in those. She was going to take you and her, and I was going along to China. Then I was going to stay in Beijing, and you and her only were going to the house to see her mom.
4: You think she was in China, or is What's in that? China? Do you think she is in China, like ran away or wanted to run away to China? Oh,
3: I haven't got a clue. Don't know. I didn't really thought that was a possibility, but it might be, yeah. Is her, she
4: didn't have a
3: passport, right? No. I, thought she did. I tried to get her, tried to get her one because you had one and I had one. And I thought, well, if she had one, we could travel. Um, so I tried to get her one, but she didn't want one. Kind of like a driver's license. She didn't want a driver's license. I'm never going to drive again. So that took a while to get her driver's license renewed. Hmm.
4: I don't know where her friend came from.
3: No, I don't either, but she was... She was home all day. Um, She had a phone so she could do, watch uh, videos. She could watch. um,
4: But all of those, all of those were of me. Like all the pictures and videos and stuff, they were all of me. She'd watch those because she missed me.
3: Right. But she was able, she still had. She had contact that way, and of course she had contact with uh, people who came into the neighborhood. Um, I don't know, and I don't know whether she went to the store or someplace else during the day, because she, she had the car and she could drive, and she, she were gone and I, I was gone for hours and hours, so I don't know.
4: Where do you think she is, or like, what do you think happened?
3: I think she met someone, and, and, at least at this point, I think she met someone, and she, gone off and, um, she knows whatever year from her getting up, maybe.
4: Is she like remarried or anything?
3: Oh, no, I don't know about that.
4: Do you still want to find her?
3: I would like to have somebody contact her, whether it's one of us or somebody else, to know that she's... She's okay, um, but i don't know I don't know that I'm going to go out actively looking, mainly because I don't know where to go look
0: After this, the conversation steers back to what Jeff is doing for the night, and Ellie expresses concern over him driving in the rain and snow. I think one of the hardest things about listening to these calls is that you can very clearly hear Ellie trying to do her best to fight for answers for her mom, while still legitimately trying to maintain a relationship with her father and be as respectful as she can. But, in the last two calls Ellie records with her dad, there is a definite shift in Ellie's demeanor. For lack of a better phrase, she seems downright fed up with the answer she's getting from him. Now, I was really trying to fit all of this into two parts for the sake of time. But with so much real audio available to us, I wanted to lay out as much as possible in hopes of making sense of what really happened here so that we can find Angela Green. But with that being said, in the third and final part to this series, you will hear clips from the last two calls between Ellie and her dad, and you will hear directly from Ellie herself about how she is doing and how we can help. Here is a sneak peek of the third and final installment of the story of Angela Green, next time on Voices for Justice.
4: Has your story about mom changed anymore? I've respected a liar. So hopefully
2: it's time that you respect me because I've had absolutely enough.
4: I would give literally anything to have her for another like day, or another
0: hour, another minute. Voices for Justice is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Sarah Turney. For more information about the podcast or to submit a case you'd like me to cover, visit VoicesForJusticePodcast.com. And for even more content, you can join the Patreon family for just $5 a month at Patreon.com slash Voices for Justice.